Sanctuary looks a little different today, doesn't it? <laughs> I want to thank um, Pat and Mark Haney and Marilyn Harper and Krista and Antonio Martinez who came down yesterday and put away all the Christmas decorations. There were a lot of them, too. So I haven't done that at my house yet. Have you all put your decorations away? Oh, you're so good. <laughs> well, when I get to it, which I hope will be this week, um, everything's cleared away. It always feels like a fresh start, like a new beginning. Everything's sort of bare and it's clean and it just feels like that. And and I think it feels a little like that today on this first Sunday of the new year. It It also seems very appropriate that we are reading from the first chapter of the Gospel of Mark, which tells us of the event that marked a new beginning in the life of Jesus, his baptism in the Jordan River. This story is pretty familiar to most of us, but I want to point out just a few things. First of all, if this were the only gospel in the New Testament that we had, we wouldn't know anything about Jesus' background or his birth, for none of the beloved stories that we read at Christmas are included in Mark's gospel. In fact, the only information that we are given about Jesus in this very first chapter is that he comes from Nazareth of Galilee, a nondescript town in a backwater province far away from Jerusalem, the center of of Jewish faith and the seat of Roman power in occupied Israel. Indeed, at this point in the gospel, Mark's focus seems not to be on Jesus, but on the one who baptizes him, on John. Again, we learn little about John's background. That's not important to Mark. What is important is the role that he plays. He is God's messenger, sent both to announce the coming of the long-awaited Savior known as the Messiah and to prepare the people of Israel for his arrival. John plays his part with a vengeance, preaching in the wilderness rather than on the city streets and dressing like a prophet of old. His description of the coming Messiah is somewhat intimidating. He will be a person filled with power, someone so great that John would not even dare to stoop down and untie the lace of his sandals, and he will baptize the people not with water, but with the very Spirit of God. Yet for all his fiery preaching, John offers those who come to hear him a surprisingly gentle means of preparing for this coming, the opportunity to come clean, if you will, with a dunking in the muddy waters of the Jordan River. One might expect a more violent or demanding path of preparation, but all that John asks of those who come to him is that they repent, that they confess their sins receive forgiveness, and return to God. In other words, they are to make a new beginning, reorienting their lives to God's will and way. John's words clearly strike a nerve among the people, for they flock to hear him and to be baptized. Among them is Jesus, an unremarkable man from an unremarkable town who comes to make his own baptism of repentance. The big question that's always asked is, why did Jesus come to be baptized? It's kind of hard to imagine him having any sin of which to repent, and yet he chose to be baptized for a reason. And Lawrence Moore suggests that he is using this baptism as a way to prepare for what is to come. He writes, here we see Jesus undergoing a baptism of repentance. 
Yet for him alone, it is the baptism into the kingdom, into his mission. Here in the Jordan's waters, he publicly renounces his old life, old ties, old job, old priorities. His mission will require everything of him, and it begins with the renunciation of all he has been. He has been a son and a brother. Now his family will be defined by response to the kingdom. He has had responsibilities as a member of the Nazareth community and economy and as part of his family. These are now renounced. He has been a carpenter. He will now be an itinerant preacher, prophet, miracle worker, and servant of the kingdom. Like those who come, he's just one of the crowd. He has things he wants to change in his life. And indeed, Jesus' baptism proceeds just like everyone else's until he stands up, dripping river water, and then all heaven breaks loose. We tend to think of the moment after Jesus' baptism as kind of a quiet event, but listen to Mark's wording. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. The sky just doesn't gradually open up. It is ripped apart. And for all we know, that spirit dive-bombed Jesus. (laughs) And then comes the voice, the voice, offering some astounding words. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. What amazes me about Jesus' experience of baptism is that God's blessing comes before he has said or done anything. His entire ministry lies before him, yet God requires nothing of him except that he receive the gift of the Spirit and God's love and acceptance. His baptism is indeed a new beginning. The days of healing and teaching, the nights of prayer, the long and difficult road to Jerusalem and the cross are all yet to come but he will carry with him on this journey the presence and the promise, the love and the blessing of God. It's the first Sunday of a new year, and along with remembering Jesus' baptism, we are remembering our own today. We are remembering that though we physically, whether we physically recall it or not, there was a moment in our lives when water-washed and spirit-blessed God claimed us as God's own and named us as God's beloved child. Since then, we have experienced ups and downs, triumphs and failures, sorrow and joy, and have known moments of both doubt and faith. And it is good to remember the promise of God's love and blessing that was given to us as our baptism. But this day is more than just a time to remember. It is also an opportunity for a new beginning. After all, we are not the same people that we were on this date a year ago, are we? We have seen changes in our health, or our work, our relationships, maybe even in our living situations. We are not even the same congregation that we were before. We have seen deaths and births, shifts in membership and leadership, comings and goings. No, we are not the same people. And the new year seems like 
a natural time to take stock and make changes. However, unlike the resolutions that we typically make in January, nothing is expected of us today. Nothing, that is, except a desire to repent, that is, to let go of regrets and failures and mistakes and to reorient our lives to the will and way of the God who loves us. Nothing except a willingness to open ourselves to the grace that is ours in Jesus Christ. In a few minutes, we will join together in reaffirming our baptismal vows, the promises we made to God when we were baptized. If that sounds like something we have to do in order to win God's favor, take this deep into your heart. Even before you were baptized, God loved you. The sacrament of baptism is merely a visible sign of that which is already present, that invisible grace of God that is there for us even before we know there is a God. When we are baptized, God claims us as God's own and promises to be with us always. The vows that we make are responses to that amazing promise. Sometimes we treat baptism as if it is an end in itself, as if being baptized was the goal of our life in Christ. Okay, I've been baptized, I'm done, I don't have to worry about it anymore. However, just as his baptism was the beginning of Jesus' journey of faith, so it is the beginning of our own. There is so much more to come. And our baptism assures that us that God will be with us all the way. We begin our life and re-begin our life immersed in God's unfailing, never-ending love, and that love never lets us go. Once God claims us, we are always God's beloved child. Today, in its own way, whether we were here or not, is a beginning because it is the first day of the rest of our lives. We don't know what lies before us in the coming year. Some of it we may anticipate, even prepare for, but we cannot imagine much of what will come our way. But come what may, we can trust that God will be with us, saying to us over and over again, you are my child, my beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Thanks be to God. Amen.